Well, good morning. Thanks for joining us at New Life Church at Home. This is my family. Hi. They're so excited to come and to be on camera um, this morning. I told them that as I talk to you, if they could just stand behind me like uh, kind of like Mike Pence and the Corona Task Force, very just straight faced. Good. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get started. Get out of here. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining me in my home and uh, in your home and with over 1,400 people viewing in their homes, even just this past week. Uh, I want to just welcome all of our guests that are here with us from all over the United States, um, friends and family members, people that you invited to, to come to church with you this morning, people that are just dropping by, and, um, and I just want to welcome you. Can I just say that, that even though this pandemic is an obstacle in so many ways, obviously, it is actually creating opportunities that, that we never knew existed. And um, my prayer is that it's reminding us that church is more than um, a building. It's more than a place. It's more than something that we attend on a Sunday. It's who we are. And we are living in unprecedented days. Um, who would have ever thought that this is the way that we would be doing church just a month ago? Uh, we're living in, in days that um, I don't think anybody could have foreseen. I was, uh, I was going to the grocery store the other day like two days ago, and there is palpable tension in the air. Uh, I've been just I was walking just into the parking lot, and as soon as I came I came on into the parking lot, you could just you could just feel it. Now I've got this got this issue thing where uh, whenever I go into the sun, like if I'm coming out of my car or come out of a of a building, and I go out into the bright sun, then I sneeze always four times, sometimes five, but always four. Um, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know why. Don't look at me like that. I know you got weird stuff too. So, so quit looking at me like that. Um, so I'm, I'm out in the parking lot and, and I have to sneeze because that's what happens when I'm out in the, in the sun outside and I start freaking out. Like, I'm like, oh no, I have to sneeze in public and, um, you, you can't control sneeze. It's like a cough. Like you can't say no to a sneeze. So I totally did what, what I think every one of you would have done, which is I, I totally sneezed like a girl. Um, now, before you all get all offended at my, my gender generalization and all that, here's the reality. Y'all know what I mean. Most guys um, just sneeze and they want the whole world to know. They could care less, right? There's kind of like the pre-sneeze ramp up where it's like, huh, huh? Uh, and, then, and then they have the event where they're just all into it. I mean, just, ah, and then there's kind of the after party where it sounds like a person coming up for, for air after almost drowning where they're, you know, they're just kind of, they're kind of freaking out. That's, especially as I get older, that's how most of my sneezes um, are. And I find that to be that way with, with most men, but, but girls are different. And that they have like, I don't know if it's innate or it's cultural, but they have sneeze shame. Um, and I never understood it growing up until about two days ago when I was in the parking lot of Hannaford. And uh, I, I tried to do what I've watched ladies do 
my entire life, which is I tried to keep the sneeze inside my head. And uh, it was the first time I've ever tried this. It was a big mistake. I mean, huge, but I was under duress and uh, I didn't know what else to do. And so it literally felt like my sneeze, like my head was going to explode in that moment. And um, I can't do it justice, but um, it sounded a little bit like this, this. It was like, <coughs> and, and the problem is, is that one time you might be able to pass it off as, uh, I don't know, some, some strange noise, but I did it four times in the middle of a crowded parking lot. And, and if, if people are already on edge over someone sneezing near them, you should have seen the response to the noise that emanated out of this grown man's skull. I mean, there were mothers that were shielding their children, people running amok in circles. It was crazy. <laughs> it's mayhem. <laughs> My point is this. Life has changed drastically in our world today. Who would have ever thought I'd be sneezing like a girl, right? Um, there's a lot of talk uh, these days. There's these terms that we, that we pass around in, um, in our culture. Words that I've never heard before three weeks ago. I've heard words like quarantine because I've watched movies and, and things like that, but um, I'd never heard this term before. And the term is social distancing. It's on the tip of everyone's tongue. We hear it, we hear it many times a day from many news sources, this, this term, social distancing. And even though we say it, I honestly had to look it up because I was like, I, I, don't, I don't even necessarily know if I know what this term means. And so I looked up social distancing on Google, and this is what it said. To avoid mass gatherings and to deliberately increase the physical space from others when possible. Now, for all the introverts that are listening in right now, let's be honest you're at least a little excited that, that society has finally mandated your personal paradise. Am I right? I mean, like, you've been practicing extreme social distancing before all the cool kids did it, and now you finally feel like you're, like, you're normal. Like, nobody wanting to invite you to big awkward gatherings where you gotta be a wallflower, nobody wanting to come up and shake your hand, or even worse, try to, try to hug you, right? And for all the extroverts listening in, um, social distancing means that you've been climbing the walls for the past two weeks. Am I right? I mean, like you feel like you're going nuts because why? Because you just crave human interaction and like uh, being around people energizes you and, and not being around people drives, drives you batty. And so um, it's gotten so bad that you're talking to your volleyball and you named Wilson and you know it's not okay, but the, but the alternative scares you even more. And so the title of my message today, it's kind of odd, but it's social distancing. And as we, we get started, allow me to just read this scripture over you today. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and it's in the, uh, the message paraphrase. But it's in the words of Jesus. He says this, are, are you tired? You worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So, I want you to notice something. Just in those, those, those three verses, some of the words that are used here, the words like, come with me, get away with me, I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms, this rhythms of life, of grace. And then he says, keep company with me. And what I realized is this, you know, you know who really rocked at social distancing? You know, I mean, as we look in the word of God, you know who's really good at social distancing? Jesus. Jesus did. And before all you extroverts go and, you know, get your pitchforks and start lighting up your torches to come over to my house, I want you to think about this. I am amazed at how much Jesus practiced social distancing all throughout his ministry. Time after time, the Gospels record Jesus um, leaving behind the crush of the crowds and trying to find a solitary place. And sometimes he went alone, sometimes he went with his closest friends, but, but Jesus did social distancing long before COVID-19 made it a thing. There's a couple points that I just want to make with, to just point out to you today. And the first one is this, that Jesus made social distancing a pattern in his life, a habit. Now, in order to find a pattern in something, you need to look at the data. So, so I started researching. I got into all the times in the Gospels where it said that, that Jesus withdrew or Jesus walked up a, to, to the top of a mountain or he slipped away from a crowd. And what I found is that this is all throughout the Gospels in the ministry of Jesus. But what I find really interesting and what I, what I was really wanting to find out was why. Why? Why did he social distance? In other words, what was happening directly after or directly before he social distanced. So let me give you a quick rundown of what I found. And they're in your notes too if you want to study them on your, on your own. Jesus socially distanced right before choosing his 12 apostles. In other words, he socially distanced, comes, right, comes out of his social distancing and chooses his 12 apostles. He social distanced right before asking his disciples, specifically Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? He social distanced right before he transfigured in dazzling white in front of Peter, James, and John. He, he distanced right before teaching his disciples how to pray, just like they had just watched him pray as he was social distancing. It happened right before he preached the most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He social distanced. He social distanced right before he walked on water and right before he was betrayed, arrested, and scourged and, and crucified. Not only that, but, but he was led to socially distance by the Spirit in the desert 
where he was tempted for 40 days by Satan. Jesus socially distanced right after performing the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and also right after hearing about John the Baptist's death. It was a pattern. It was a habit. It was a rhythm in his life. Right after times of like high stress and output, he would socially distance. Right before times of high stress and output, he would socially distance. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16 says this, yet, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. And then verse 16, it says this, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So as the crowd grew and the demands got higher, he always knew when to withdraw. It's almost like he could sense it. It was like his father like beckoned him. It's time for you to break away from the crowd. And it didn't seem to matter what uh, urgent needs he had in front of him. I mean, he would choose to pull away from the crowd and to socially distance himself to, to pray. In fact, I would argue that it was actually because of the urgent demands that he had in front of him that he would choose to socially distance himself to pray. Martin Luther was quoted as saying, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. In other words, like he had so many demands, so many things, his, his schedule got so busy that he was like, I have to spend more time in prayer. I need to now spend three hours in prayer before I start my day. I don't know about you, but for many of us, it's the, that's the thing that gets cut. I got a really busy day. I wish I could spend time in prayer, but that's the first thing that's going to get cut. Luke wrote in what we just read in, verse, in chapter 5, verse, verse 16, that he often withdrew, often. And that word often means regularly. Not like he did it a bunch of times, but like he made a habit of doing it, like it was a, a rhythm in his life. And Jesus would, would, would regularly and intentionally socially distance himself because either we make our habits or our habits will make us. We know this to be true in our own life. Like if we don't dictate our day, our day will dictate us. And it doesn't matter if we're busy or bored. If Jesus saw value in making it a habit, how much more so should we? So, it's important to distinguish something real quick. Jesus was not just getting an inordinate amount of time, of me time, right? He, he, uh, he wasn't just kind of like getting alone, getting away from the crowd, pitching a tent and living as a hermit, right? That wasn't what he did. He always socially distanced for purpose. He didn't just socially distance so that he could just get away. He didn't withdraw so that he could just get away from people. He would intentionally come back around to real life. 
he would he would socially distance and then come back around to his friends and to the crowd and to the people. He withdrew in order to re-enter life with, with new vision and new ideas and new strength and new, new, uh, new passion. And there's a few things that I was, as I was looking through all these instances that I want to just point out to you. One of the purposes that Jesus socially distanced was to recharge with his father. He, he walked away from the crowd because he was walking towards time with his father. And Jesus would always withdraw in order to draw near. That was, that was what we see all throughout all these instances. It wasn't that he just walked away from the crowd or got away from his friends or got away from people. It was that he would withdraw so that he would then draw near to his father. Because whenever you walk away from one thing, you're always inadvertently walking towards something else. And so I just want to encourage you, in your time of social distancing, I know you're walking away from crowds and trying to stay away from crowds, but, but are you walking towards God? Are you getting more me time or are you getting more God time? Because social distancing without prayer is simply isolation. And some of us are quickly finding out that social isolation can be devastating. It can lead to all kinds of stuff, social, emotional, spiritual, mental health issues. Jesus always found, found his time with his father in prayer to be necessary to recharge. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 38, this is what it says. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Where you been? In essence. And Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby village, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. When Jesus got away in prayer, he would always find his direction and his focus. So he comes out of his, his time, his social distancing with his father, knowing what he was supposed to do next, where he was supposed to go next, and, 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 and had a renewed vision of what he was supposed to be doing. He's like, let's go to this nearby village. And then he follows it up with, this is why I have come. He knew what he was supposed to do. I wonder if we took this time of social distancing away with our father to come out of this time with renewed vision of where it is that we're supposed to go and what it is that we're supposed to do. We've maybe said yes to a lot of good things, but what is the one God thing that God has called you to do that maybe has gotten drowned out by the busyness of all of your yeses? He got away in prayer and found his direction and his focus. Another purpose that we see Jesus social distancing is secondly, to re-engage with his closest relationships. So Jesus would many times socially isolate, socially distance with his closest friends. This didn't mean he just went away with some me time and binge some Netflix, right? Like he got away with some of his closest friends and he shared time with them during some of his most spectacular and also some of his darkest times. Mark chapter 9, we find Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, the, the three amigos, with him to the top of a mountain. 
And Jesus, up on the top of this mountain, transfigures. And uh, it turns into this dazzling, bright white before their eyes. They can't even look at him. And then he ends up having this powwow with Elijah and Moses. And it's like an epic experience. I mean, Peter, James, and John are like, what in the world? That was awesome, right? They get to experience this with Jesus. And he also takes these three same guys, Peter, James, and John, with him to stay and to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he, he, he prayed and sweat drops of blood as he was preparing to face his crucifixion. What I've always loved about Jesus is that wherever he, he was, he was all there. If he was with a crowd, he was all there. If he was with his disciples, he was all there. If he was with his father, he was all there. And in a day where we can be with people and yet be on our phones, or we can be in the same room and yet be on separate devices, we can even be watching a movie and yet really doing separate things. What if, what if we found... Or what if we made it a priority to be all there wherever we are? To take this opportunity of social distancing, to choose to, to pour into and to re-engage with our closest relationships. The third thing that we see is that Jesus purposed to socially distance in, in order to refresh his soul. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 says, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I want you to wrestle with something. What if this forced separation of social distancing that we're currently living within could be used as an opportunity to refresh your soul. And I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Justin, if you've been with me the past two weeks of homeschooling, if you think that's refreshing my soul, you've got a sick sense of humor. I, I understand that, I get it, I get it. But there are still ways to withdraw, even in the midst of the craziness of everyone being home and nobody leaving the house. Let me give you an example. Susanna Wesley, who is the mother of, of John Wesley, Charles Wesley, the big revivalists. And uh, she was the mother of 19 children. So just put that into consideration. 19 children. That's a lot. It makes her a saint. Um, she was known to, have, to, to take her apron and, and put it up over her head when she wanted to pray. In other words, like that was the only way that she could find the privacy that she needed to refresh her soul. 19 kids all around you, and the only way that you can get alone is to put your apron up over your head. I mean, some of you, some of you, like even moms right now, you're like, I can't even go to the bathroom by myself, Pastor Justin. I get it, I know. I, but like we've been there, right? But, but where there's a will, there's a way. And Jesus, the, this pretty busy guy, 
didn't choose to refresh his soul just because he finally came to the point of like, man, I got nothing important to do right now. Let's go take a vacation. Man, this is, I'm finally done with what I've come here to do. No, he actually refreshed his soul because he had so many things that were important to do. He always held the urgent and the important in balance. And I think that many times, even in my own life, I, um, I focus so much on the urgent and yet neglect the important. What if this opportunity in the, in the place that we're in right now, you're in your living room, I'm in mine. What if, what if this was an opportunity for us to pay attention to the important? One of the last things that I just want to leave with you today is this. One of the purposes that we see that Jesus socially distancing was to face something that he would otherwise avoid. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Let me read it for you. Jesus, now granted, right before this, the, he gets baptized, the heavens open up, the Holy Spirit descends on him. God literally speaks in an audible voice, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I don't know, something like that, right? I don't know if it sounded like that. But those are the words that everyone hears. Immediately after this, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. Doesn't that sound like a picnic? In the desert, for 40 days where he was tempted by the devil. Oh, and by the way, during those 40 days in the desert being tempted by the devil, he didn't need anything. Now, like nobody thinks that sounds like a plan. Yeah, like let's, that, absolutely. You know, you get baptized and this is an awesome, amazing experience. I think the next thing I want to do is spend 40 days of not eating in a desert being tempted by Satan. Like that sounds, no, no, no. Nobody ever plans that. I think the, the, the fully man and fully flesh, right? Like the, or the, the, the fully man and fully God, the, the fully man part of Jesus was like, uh, no, that's uh, not anything that I, I would want to be doing right now. Just like you never thought this is how you were going to be spending the past two and a half weeks. I want you to realize this, that in all of this, Jesus was, was being led by the Spirit. He was actually led by the Spirit to socially distance in order to deal with things that he would have been distracted from in a crowd. What do I mean by that? Well, in a crowd, there's a sense of comfort. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. No, but there's a sense of calm. There's a sense of distraction in a crowd. There's a sense of like, the, the focus isn't just on me. It's on everybody else around me. Like, it's not necessarily just God and me. It's God and me and all these other yahoos that need some help and maybe I can help them rather than focus on things that God's wanting to change and to mold and to make and to break in me. Like the Spirit knew that, that he needed to separate Jesus from the crowd so that he would be able to wrestle with his enemy. What if this time of social distancing can be used to face you with things that you would have been avoiding in all of your busyness and all of your yeses to good things, but avoiding those important things. 
So if Jesus, the eternal, perfect, miracle-working Son of God, needed to purposely social distance, it's worth asking the question, why should we? And I would say this, apart from not spreading COVID-19, what if you use this time of social distancing to do those four things that I just pointed out? What if you use this time to recharge with God, to re-engage with your closest relationships, to refresh your soul, and to face something that you would rather avoid? So what if what we have seen as an obstacle is actually an opportunity for growth? if you take it. Because if Jesus needed it, how, how much more do you and I need it? So I want to challenge you today. We're going to be having an all-church fast, a five-day fast starting tomorrow. We've talked about this for the past couple weeks, and um, tomorrow is the day that it starts. If you've never fasted before, or this is a new thing to you, or you don't even know what a fast is, this is a great opportunity for you to start. Um, here's the cool thing. We actually planned on having this fast about, a, I don't know, months ago. And uh, it's kind of cool that it falls right in the middle of the place where we are today. So we've got this I made this fasting devotional. It's, a, it's available to you digitally. You can go to nlc.today and click on the 21 tab or up here to, to your top right, you'll see this tab that says resources. If you click right on it, you'll get the digital PDF of our fasting devotional. It's got um, information about, you know, what is this about? How long is this? What am I supposed to do? What can I eat? What can I not eat? There are different options for maybe where you're at, you know, spiritually or physically, health-wise. Um, there's a daily devotional, each one of those five days, and answers to frequently asked questions. But here's the point. I want to dare you to join me in choosing to socially distance. Not just choosing to obey what the governor and our, the federal government has said that we need to do, but choosing to say, I'm not just going to walk away from crowds. I'm not just going to keep, you know, physical distance six feet from me and other people. I'm actually going to walk towards God over these next five days. I'm going to take this as an opportunity, not as an obstacle. I'm going to take this as an opportunity for growth. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to refresh my soul, to re-engage with God, re-engage with some of my closest relationships that are around me, and to maybe even be confronted with things that I would rather avoid. I firmly believe that this is going to be an amazing time in many of your lives over these next five days. I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity, and um, no matter where you're at, physically, age-wise, um, health-wise, whatever. Um, I just want to encourage you, click on that. You can download it. Take a look at it. There's a lot of different options. Just choose, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'll figure it out along the way and, uh, and make some decisions along the way. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in and through your life and I know that these next five days are going to be transformational. I wonder if you'd just allow me to just pray this scripture over you as, 
as I let you go today. It's uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse, verse 34. It's in the message paraphrase, and this is what it says. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I want to say that one more time. And as I say these words, I, I really want you to just receive this as the word of God over your life. Give your entire intention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for those that are tuning in, church at home. God, I ask that you would continue to bless them physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially. Lord, we thank you that you are still on the throne and I pray that you would remind us as we take up the challenge of this five-day fast, as we join together, although we may be in separate homes, we are one church. And God, I'm excited about what it is that you are and will be doing in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name.